content of this program is intended for people who are blind and print impaired. Hello and welcome to our September 2021 edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately? A program from the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. This program is brought to you by the Friends of the North Carolina Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped an organization of citizens, volunteers, and patrons, all interested in supporting the library and the services it provides. The Friends Group was founded in 1989 and now has more than 300 members across North Carolina. If you'd like to join the Friends Group yourself, we'll have information on how to do that later on in the program. This program is all about books with special emphasis on those available from the North Carolina Library for the Blind. The library has more than 86,000 titles in its collection. Books and magazines are available in large print, braille, and talking books as well. The library has more than 11,000 patrons across the state. And if you're not a patron but are interested in becoming one, I'll have more information about that at the end of the program, too. Now, this month, we're going to take a look at some of the most popular books checked out in the month of August at the North Carolina Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. And we're going to begin the program with a book that's called What's Mine and Yours by Nama Coaster. That's N-A-I-M-A Coaster, C-O-S-T-E-R. From the author of Halsey Street, a sweeping novel of legacy, identity, the American family, and the ways that race affects even our most intimate relationships. A community in the Piedmont of North Carolina rises in outrage as a county initiative draws students from the largely black east side of town into predominantly white high schools on the west. For two students, Gee and or excuse me, G and Noel, the integration sets off a chain of events that will tie their two families together in unexpected ways over the span of the next twenty years. On one side of the integration debate is Jade, G's steely, ambitious mother. In the aftermath of a harrowing loss, she is determined to give her son the tools he'll need to survive in America as a sensitive, anxious, young black man. On the other side is Noel's headstrong mother, Lacey May, a white woman who refuses to see her half-Latina daughters as anything but white. She strives to protect them as she couldn't protect herself from the influence of their charming but unreliable father, Robbie. When G and Noel join the school play, meant to bridge the divide between new and old students, their paths collide, and their two seemingly disconnected families begin to form deeply knotted, messy ties that will shape the trajectory of their adult lives. And their mothers, each determined to see her child inherit a better life, will make choices that will haunt them for decades to come. As love is built and lost, and the past never too far behind, what's mine and yours is an expansive, vibrant tapestry that moves between the years from the foothills of North Carolina to Atlanta, Los Angeles, and even Paris, France. 
It explores the unique organism that is every family, what breaks them apart, and how they come back together. That sounds like a very interesting book. It was very popular last month at the North Carolina Library for the Blind. Once again, it's called What's Mine and Yours by Nama Coaster. Next, we're going to take a look at a book called An Unlikely Match by Beth Wiseman. This is part of a series, actually, of uh, Sweet Amish Romances, part one of the Amish Inn novels, as they're called, uh, was uh, called A Picture of Love. This one I'm about to read is An Unlikely Match, and it's book number two. There's a third one, too, A Season of Change. But right now we're going to read An Unlikely Match by Beth Wiseman. When sparks fly between a good Amish girl and a hunky member of the Hollywood elite. Even matchmaking innkeepers, Esther and Lizzie, know better than to fan the flames. Here's the plot. Evelyn Schrock has dismissed the attempts of every young man in her small Amish community to court her. She's willing to wait for a suitor who shares her curiosities about life and faith. The only reason Jace Clarkson is in Amish country, hefting equipment for his famous father's movie production company, is for the paycheck. The homestyle cooking at the Peony Inn is a perk, though, as his is his friendship with Evelyn Schrock. Now, if Jace can endure his dad's put-down for a month... He'll finally be in a position to make a fresh start. Somewhere away from the hustle and bustle of Los Angeles and the shadow of his checkered past. To matchmakers Esther and Lizzie, the widowed sisters who operate the end, Jace seems like a good man, stuck in a life he doesn't want. But the boy isn't Amish, and that leaves far too much room for broken hearts. Despite that, Jace and Evelyn start to realize that they can't deny their growing attraction. Any path forward seems impossible, and they will have to learn what the future will look like when they leave their fate in God's hands. Beth Wiseman's An Unlikely Match will keep you turning the pages as you are pulled into this heartwarming and unpredictable Amish romance story about Evelyn and Jace. Two interesting and very compelling characters. Beth doesn't disappoint keeping you guessing as to how this story will end. Molly Jebber, best-selling Amish inspirational historical romance author, said that, This was such a sweet story, I cheered on Evelyn and Jace the whole way. Jace is having issues with his difficult father, who's brought a Hollywood crew to Amish country to film a scene in a nearby cave. El Evelyn has a strong, supportive family, so she feels for Jace immediately. As they grow closer and help each other overcome fears and phobias, they know this can't last. But God and two persnickety Amish sisters, Lizzie and Esther, have other plans. Can a Hollywood boy fall for an Amish girl and make it work? Find out. Read this delightful, heartwarming story. Lenora Wirth, author of Their Amish Reunion. Once again, the book is called An Unlikely Match. It's by Beth Wiseman, and this is the second 
of a very popular series called the Amish N Novels. Now let's move on to another book. This one is by Kristen L. Painter. The, the title of this book is Miss Frost Solves a Cold Case. Here's the plot. Welcome to Nocturne Falls, the town that celebrates Halloween 365 days a year. Jane Frost is a lot of things. Winter Elf, Jack Frost's daughter, Santa Claus's niece, heir to the Winter Throne, and now private investigator, sort of. Needing someone he can trust, her father sends her to undercover to Nocturne Falls to find out why employees at the Santa's Workshop toy store are going missing. Uh, doing that requires getting to know the town, which leads to interesting encounters with a sexy vampire, an old flame, and an elevator that is strictly off-limits. The more Jane finds out, the more questions she has, but the answers lead her deeper into danger. Will her magic save her, or will she just come up cold? That's a book called Miss Frost Solves a Cold Case by Kristen L. Painter. That sounds like a good one that you would probably not take too seriously, but would really enjoy listening to. Now, here's another book called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. Here's the plot for this one. Before Owen Michaels disappears, he smuggles a note to his beloved wife of one year. Protect her. Despite her confusion and fear, Hannah Hall knows exactly to whom the note refers, Owen's 16-year-old daughter, Bailey. As Hannah's increasingly desperate calls to Owen go unanswered, as the FBI arrests Owen's boss, as a U.S. Marshal and federal agents arrive at the Sausalito home unannounced, Hannah quickly realizes her husband isn't who he said he was, and that Bailey just may hold the key to figuring out Owen's true identity and why he really disappeared. Hannah and Bailey set out to discover the truth, but as they start putting together the pieces of Owen's past, they soon realize they're also building a new future, one neither of them could have anticipated. Uh, sounds like a, an interesting mystery story there. The last thing he told me, and it's by Laura Dave. And one more short one here. Here is a book called A Plain Vanilla Murder, and this one is by Susan Wittig Albert. Here's the plot. China and Ruby Wilcox are presenting their annual Not Just Plain Vanilla workshop, always a huge hit with customers at Time and Seasons Herb Shop. But someone involved with the workshop is driven by a deadly motive, and China soon finds herself teaming up with the very pregnant Pecan Springs Police Chief Sheila Dawson to solve a vanilla-flavored murder. Sheila 
happy to get out from behind the chief's desk, is investigating the death of a botany professor, a prominent researcher specializing in vanilla orchids. Well, China is trying to help a longtime friend, the dead professor's ex-wife, and a prime suspect in his murder. However, there is no shortage of other suspects, a betrayed lover, a disgruntled graduate student, jealous colleagues, and a gang of orchid smugglers. But the lethal roots of this mystery reach back into the dark tropical jungles of Mexico, where the vanilla vine was first cultivated. At stake, a lucrative plant patent, an orchid that is extinct in the wild and the life of an innocent little girl. That book is called A Plain Vanilla Murder, and it's a murder mystery by Susan Wittig Albert. And you're listening to Heard Any Good Books Lately, an exclusive production of the North Carolina Reading Service. I'm George Douglas. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's glad to have you with me on this program. And we're going to look now at a book that has been very popular for the whole summer. We've actually read this book before a couple of months ago. It is called The Bomber Mafia, A Dream, A Temptation, and the Longest Night of the Second World War. And this is written by the very popular author Malcolm Gladwell. It's an exploration of how technology and best intentions collide in the heat of war. This book, by the way, was a New York Times book review editor's choice. In The Bomber Mafia, Malcolm Gladwell weaves together the stories of a Dutch genius and his homemade computer, a band of brothers in central Alabama, a British psychopath, and pyromaniacal chemists at Harvard to examine one of the greatest moral challenges in modern American history. Now, most military thinkers in the years leading up to World War II saw the airplane as an afterthought, but a small band of idealistic strategists, the Bomber Mafia, asked what if precision bombing could cripple the enemy and make war less lethal? In contrast, the bombing of Tokyo on the deadliest night of the war was the brainchild of General Curtis LeMay, whose brutal pragmatism and scorched-earth tactics in Japan cost thousands of civilian lives but may have spared even more by averting a planned U.S. invasion. In the Bomber Mafia, Gladwell asks, was it worth it? Things might have gone differently had LeMay's predecessor, General Haywood Hansel, remained in charge. Hansel believed in precision bombing, but when he and Curtis LeMay squared off for a leadership handover in the jungles of Guam... LeMay emerged victorious, leading to the darkest night of World War II. The Bomber Mafia is a riveting tale of persistence, innovation, and the incalculable wages of war. Once again, that is called The Bomber Mafia, A Dream, A Temptation, and the Longest Night of the Second World War. And that is by Malcolm Gladwell. Now let's talk about a book by David Rakoff called Half Empty. Writer David Rakoff worries a lot about September 11th, 
about cancer, about epidemics and fame and religious devotion, not to mention sex, money, his childhood, and the value of therapy. This regular contributor to This American Life even worries about writing about himself, which he does in his latest collection of essays called Half Empty. Now, that was the big problem for me, the reviewer says, in terms of this book. Rakoff says, I've always bridled at the term memorist or memoirist because I always wanted to be known for the quality of my writing as opposed to the particulars of my biography. So that's a huge worry for me. Rakoff, who has previously written about subjects ranging from the torments of low thread count sheets to visiting a New Age retreat hosted by Steven Seagal, turns his signature witty style to the value of pessimism in his latest collection. But he warns it's a very specific kind of negative thinking called defensive pessimism. The defensive pessimist looks at everything and thinks that, well, this is going to be a disaster, he explains to Fresh Air's Terry Gross. They lower their expectations, and they go through all of the negative capacities and the negative capabilities of a given event. You imagine the worst-case scenario you can go through, and you imagine it step-by-step, and you dismantle those things, and you manage your anxiety about it. An interesting book. Sounds like uh, certainly a reality book, but also a book that might be a good how-to book for, for all of us at this particular time. The book is called Half Empty, and it was written by David Rakoff. Now let's take a look at another book that was uh, very popular this summer at the North Carolina Library for the Blind. It's called Blood and Treasure, Daniel Boone and the Fight for America's First Frontier. And it's written by Robert Drury and Tom Clavin. This explosive true saga of the legendary figure Daniel Boone and the bloody struggle for America's frontier by two best-selling authors at the height of their writing power. Here's the plot. It is, and this is the story. It's not, this is, this is, of course, is a true story. It is the mid-18th century. And in the 13 colonies founded by Great Britain, anxious colonists desperate to conquer and settle North America's first frontier beyond the Appalachian Mountains commence a series of very bloody battles. These violent conflicts are waged against Native American tribes whose lands they covet, the French and finally against the mother country itself, and an American revolution destined to reverberate around the world. This is the setting of Blood and Treasure, and the guide to this epic narrative is America's first and arguably greatest pathfinder, Daniel Boone. Not the coonskin cap-wearing caricature of popular culture, but the flesh-and-blood frontiersman and Revolutionary War hero whose explorations into the forested frontier beyond the Great Mountains would become the stuff of legend. Now, thanks to painstaking research by two award-winning authors, the story of the brutal birth of the United States is told through the eyes of both the ordinary and larger-than-life men and women, white and red, who witnessed it. 
This fast-paced and fiery narrative fueled by contemporary diaries and journals, newspaper reports, and eyewitness accounts is a stirring chronicle of the conflict over America's first frontier that places the reader at the center of this remarkable epoch and its gripping tales of courage and sacrifice. Once again, this book is called Blood and Treasure, Daniel Boone and the Fight for America's Frontier. And it was written by authors Robert Drury and Tom Clavin. Now let's move on to another book that's called A Distant Grave. And this was written by Sarah Stewart Taylor. In this follow-up to the critically acclaimed The Mountains Wild, Detective Maggie Darcy tackles another intricate case that bridges Long Island and Ireland in a distant grave. Here's the plot for this one. Long Island homicide detective Maggie Darcy and her teenage daughter Lily are still recovering from the events of last fall when a strange new case demands Maggie's attention. The body of an unidentified Irish national turns up in a wealthy Long Island beach community. With little to go on but the scars on his back, Maggie once again teams up with Garda detectives in Ireland to find out who the man was and what he was doing on Long Island. The strands of the mystery take Maggie to a quiet village in rural County Clare that's full of secrets and introduce her to the world of humanitarian aid workers half a world away. And as she gets closer to the truth about the murder, what she learns leads her back to her home turf and into range of a dangerous and determined killer who will do anything to keep the victim's story hidden forever. With the lyrical prose, deeply drawn characters, and atmospheric setting that put the mountains wild on multiple best-of-the-year lists, Sarah Stewart Taylor delivers another gripping mystery, novel about family, survival, and the meaning of home. Once again, the title of this book is A Distant Grave, and it's by Sarah Stewart Taylor. Now we're going to turn to another very popular book this past month by Amanda Cox, and this is called The Edge of Belonging. Here's the plot for this one. When Ivy Rose returns to her hometown to oversee an estate sale, she soon discovers that her grandmother left behind more than trinkets and photo frames, she provided a path to the truth behind Ivy's adoption. Shocked about this, Ivy seeks clues to her past, but a key piece to the mystery is missing. Twenty-four years earlier, Harvey James finds an abandoned newborn who gives him a sense of human connection for the first time in his life. His desire to care for this baby runs up against the stark fact that he is homeless. When he becomes entwined with two people seeking to help him find his way, Harvey knows he must keep the baby a secret or risk losing the only person he's ever loved. In this dual-time story from debut novelist Amanda Cox, the truth, both the search for it and the desire to keep it from others, 
takes center stage as Ivy and Harvey grapple with love, loss, and letting go. I saw a number of reviews about this book. It sounds very appealing and was very popular last month. As I said, it's called The Edge of Belonging by Amanda Cox. Now, here's a relatively new book uh, by an author that I've read many times on this program. She's very popular. Her name is Sandra Brown, and this is a book entitled Thick as Thieves. Twenty years ago, in the dead of night, four seemingly random individuals pulled the ultimate heist and almost walked away with half a million dollars. But by daybreak, their plan had been shot to hell. One of them was in the hospital, one was in jail, one was dead, and one got away with it. Arden Maxwell, the daughter of the man who disappeared all those years ago, presumably with the money, after murdering his accomplice, had never reconciled with her father's abandonment of her and her sister. Well, after countless personal setbacks... She decides to return to her family home near mysterious Caddo Lake and finally get answers to the many questions that torment her. Little does she know that two of her father's co-conspirators, a war hero and a corrupt district attorney, are watching her every move. Ledged Burnett, a rebellious teen at the time of the heist, evaded his jail sentence by enlisting in the army. Now he's back in town to care for his ailing father and to keep his eye on the county's corrupt district attorney, whom he suspects was the real murderer. Although the two are bound to silence because of the crime they committed together, each has spent years waiting and hoping that the other will make a fatal misstep. But the arrival of their elusive accomplice's daughter, Arden, who may know more about the missing money than she's telling, sets them both on red alert. She ignites Ledge's determination to expose the DA's treachery and sparks a desire he wishes to deny. This sounds like a good one. It is called Thick as Thieves, and it's by the popular author Sandra Brown. Time for one more before we end today. This is called Memoirs and Misinformation, and it is by Jim Carrey. Meet Jim Carrey, whom you probably have seen many times on television and in the movies. Sure, he's an insanely successful and beloved movie star, drowning in wealth and privilege, but he's also lonely, maybe past his prime, maybe even getting a little fat. He's tried diets, gurus, and cuddling with his military-grade Israeli guard dogs, but... Nothing seems to lift the cloud of emptiness and ennui. Even the sage advice of his best friend, actor, and dinosaur skull collector Nicolas Cage isn't enough to pull Carrie out of his slump. But then Jim meets Georgie, ruthless ingenue, love of his life, and with the help of auteur screenwriter Charlie Kaufman, he has a role to play in a boundary-pushing new picture that may help him uncover a whole new side to himself. Finally, his Oscar vehicle, things are looking up, but the universe 
has other plans. Memoirs and Misinformation is a fearless, semi-autobiographical novel, a deconstruction of persona. In it, Jim Carrey and Dana Vachon have fashioned a story about acting, Hollywood, agents, celebrity, privilege, friendship, romance, addiction to relevance, fear of personal erasure, our one big soul, Canada, and with a cataclysmic ending of the world, apocalypses within and without. How about that one? That sounds pretty interesting. It's called Memoirs and Misinformation by Jim Carrey. And that's it for this month's edition of Heard Any Good Books Lately. I'm George Douglas. Find out more about the North Carolina Library for the Blind and the Friends of the Library by calling 888-388-2460. This program is intended for people who are blind or print impaired. Heard Any Good Books Lately will be available right after the broadcast at our website, ncreadingservice.org. So long until next time.